listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters. As always, it's so good to have you today. How have you been? You look really good. So I hope that you are having a great week. It's a little, it's I'm a little silly today, a little having a little fun because I'm here with my friend Mr. Mark. Mark Jones, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, man. It's so good to be here. Just seeing you on the other end of this Zoom, recording yes. by Zoom, you're in Oklahoma, we're here outside Nashville. It's just so fun to reconnect with you. We've, uh, usually we would get to be in some of the same places at the same time. And, and you know, and we get to hang out and I just really enjoy your company, but yeah. we haven't been able to do that. Pre-pandemic, we actually got to be together several times that year. And then yes, cut down shut down and it's but it's so fun to see you and just kind of catch up so we've been talking listeners already before we started recording and then we realized we should probably click record because we're using up all of our podcast time just to catch up with each other so mark welcome we're glad you're here we're gonna talk today about talking so were you one of the one of those kids right there i know that right now you're yes. you're an extrovert is that right oh most definitely same here do you know your enneagram what are you? Do you know? Mm, no, I can't remember exactly what that is, but it's it's right on. Pick a number between one and nine. Oh. <laughs> no, no, you'll have to go take the Enneagram test so we can have that conversation another time. But you being the high energy, outgoing, driven person that you are, you seem to never rest. You're always thinking. And I, I love connecting with you because I think we can go places together really quickly with ideas. And I just, I really enjoy that. So it makes me wonder though, as we get ready to talk about our topic today, when you were in school, yeah, was yours one of those report cards that said, Mark has great potential, but he talks too much? Yeah, yeah. that's what it always said. Mark is such a sweet boy, but... He talks too much, talks too much, either that, or there are some of us who are just the silent kid, right? Who, who are in class. And, and even if you are a thinker, maybe you're the shy type and, and you were just quiet in class. That I wasn't me. Her. Oh, you did. Yes. So it's been quite the adjustment. I've had to learn to be quiet and give her room so she can talk. Give her room to talk. I probably have the same with my wife. She is more, and she's a great conversationalist, very smart, super engaging and hospitable and all of that. But that. at a party, I'm in the middle of all the things and she's more off on the side. Yes. Which is yeah, probably weird. why you and I hit it off. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> and our wives probably would too. I, I would really like that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we're talking today about kids and talking, right? Because when we bring kids in for our ministry times, we have a mix of them in the room. And so I, I like to think about, you know, Goldilocks, where the one bed is too soft and one is too hard and one is just right. Or the porridge is too hot, too cold or just right. right. And so we have some of those kids who would easily dominate the talking and they never stop. And other kids, you might never, ever get a word in edgewise, either because they don't want to or because they just can't because the other kids are dominating. So we wanted to talk today about how do we help balance that conversation? So we're not too much or too little, but just right. And giving everyone a chance to interact with the with the content that we're presenting. So you've got some ideas around this. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on talking. So the deal is in our in our classroom 
mushroom, we only have a very limited amount of time and you want to build those relationships with every child because everything that God does, he does through relationships. So if you've got, and I'm going to call them the lilies, because I have two different lilies and one in pre-K who walked up to me hand on hip and said, I am the boss. (laughs) And I said, uh, no, you're Lily and I'm Mr. Mark. Let's get over to work. (laughs) So we just needed to find our bearings there. But the Lily that I have right now in kindergarten, a different little girl, uh, she cannot stop. She's a motor mouth. She wants to speak for everyone. She's got all the answers. So we, we get to first hand to go up, right? <laughs> she does not even, doesn't even raise the hand. We're just spit it out. <laughs> so when we get over to group time, I even have a signed seating on the group time rug that probably will freak some people out, but everybody does better <laughs> knowing where they belong. And we, we played a game that everybody had a spot and we practiced that. And so she sits on the very closest corner where I can reach her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I might need to tap her to like hold it in. And for that so, little reminder, right? Right. But then a little farther around the, the, uh, the group time rug, I have Martin who doesn't talk like it's painful to talk. It, it just, it, it hurts because there is just, he can't do it. And so there are so many options, often people come in and they just don't have, they just don't have the ability to communicate easily. Mm. So we have to, we have to work out a system. And I, here's what I want to suggest to everyone when you're having your group time, because we can probably talk to children easily if we're doing an activity with them and Mm -hmm. it's just one-on-one, we could have a meaningful conversation. But when we get into a group, even though the large group may be eight to 10 kids or even less, it's still too much for them. So here's what I do. Everyone has their spot. We have our opening activity, which is always physical. We're going to do some kind of movement and it gets, helps us get the wiggles out because we have children who are physical learners and we really need to get up and do that. Then we come back and we sit down and I use something that's not printed in the curriculum. I call it the question of the day. What's the big question? And I ask the big question um, and, and it's always going to be a segue into what we're going to be doing. For instance, um, last week, I believe we had the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and, and they, in the fiery furnace. Yes. And so I, I just simply asked, has anyone here ever had a campfire, like where you roasted weenies or you roasted marshmallows and made s'mores and kind of laid it out there. And so the answer was really easy, yes or no, or you could give us more if you wanted to. And uh, I put together and I recommend for all my teachers and they do it too. So I have a cup and in this cup, I have sticks, there's craft sticks, and I have every child's name on them. So that way, whenever it comes time to do this, I just pull out 
<laughs> I know this seems so simple. Yeah, for those of you who are listening only, so we're we if you're watching this on YouTube and you're seeing us, you can see Mr. Mark has a mug full of craft sticks that have names written on them in Sharpie. Right. For those of you who who are just listening, you're going to hear a little clinking and rattling. But yep. now you know what you're seeing. I yeah, can narrate. In the mouth. Mark yeah, has yeah. removed a stick. It says okay, Addison. So I, just, I just pull a stick out and I'll say, okay, the first person is McKenna. McKenna, have you ever had a campfire and, and made s'mores? And, and she answers the question. Yes, we did that. And it's so much fun. And we had gooey everywhere. Okay, great. And I take the stick back. And then I pull, I pull um, another child. He answers it. I take the stick back. And then I pull Lily. <laughs> now, when I give when I give the stick to Lily, she's been like um, chomping at the bit. She's been waiting. She's waiting like, for her chance to talk. Yes. <laughs> and so I hand her the stick. Now, the big question is, how do I keep Lily from hijacking this whole time and not having any time to tell the Bible story? Right. Well, you're going to have to transition her because she's going to go long. You already know that. And she knows it too. Like she's planned it. So you've given it to Lily. And so I give it to Lily and I'll say the same question, Lily, have you ever had a campfire roasted, you know, and made s'mores with marshmallows? And so anyway, she says, yes. By the way, we have at our yard, we have a fire pit and we have all these. And she starts going on and I can already tell she's going and going and going. So I'll say, all right, Lily, you have one minute. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. OK. And keep listening. 30 seconds. All right. And so she keeps going. 15 seconds. Even though she doesn't have a concept of time, she knows she knows I'm it's counting clicking down. down. Yes. And I'll even I'll even hold up five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. And I'm reaching for the stick. The and next, she might even take the stick back. Wait, wait, wait. I, I have more. I know. I love hearing it too. You can tell me at snack time, whenever uh, we go to the table, I want to hear the rest of all of it. She won't remember, but that, that's right. okay. And so I take the stick and put it back in her because, it, you know, people, other kids, even they're like, make her stop. Yes. They're tired of her too. She just doesn't realize that. So um, then we get to um, uh, uh, the child that doesn't want to talk. It's Martin's turn. So, I pull out the stick, Martin, and I hand it to him and he goes, <sighs> <laughs> poor you know, Martin, he doesn't want to talk in front so of these people. Hard. And I say, Martin, have you ever had a campfire and roasted marshmallows? <sighs> like, oh, he has to answer. And finally, it, it, and, and you know, Lily may jump in there. No, they don't ever have campfires because, and you're like, wait a second, Lily, do you have a stick? No, I'm just telling you, they ain't got no campfires. I was like, but Lily, Martin has the stick. And so I have to remind her, and that's part of the training. And so I, I ask Martin the question and he finally just goes. He just shakes his head. No, he doesn't speak. Yeah. yeah, Cause he won't talk. And I have to say, I'm sorry, Martin, but you have to use your words. And he goes, <laughs> so hard. And finally he musters up everything he can. And he says, no, you're like, all right, very good. Thank you, Martin. And I take it back. 
I'm not going to drill him. I'm going to ask right, him more questions. Right. He answered the question. Good job, Martin. And we keep moving on. But Let's you just- did make him use a word, right? Because yeah. part of the, I know that you, so, wow, you're, Mark, the things you're sharing, we, <laughs> so many of our volunteers need to be coached about how to maintain control of their classroom because a lot of us have lilies and Lily takes over and our volunteers don't know how to stop that Lily train. Once it's rolling, just quit. And we all have Martins out there who we, we have no idea how to get Martin to say one word, but if we could, it would help Martin feel more comfortable and more engaged and more like he belongs. So it's so important that we acknowledge these two extremes and figure out how to balance the time strategically. I love that you have your cup of sticks. That is really cool because it becomes a mechanism that talks about we're going to have fair and equal chances to speak. I love it. Right. It's, it's about teaching children uh, reciprocity, meaning mm. I, I talk, you listen, you talk, I listen. It's a life skill and there's no better place to do it than right there in a very easy uh, area, a very easy uh, environment. And, and you know what, Martin, it, is older now. He's my example, mm. but he's older now. And whenever he came in to ask Jesus in his heart yeah, and we had that conversation, his words were few, but they were sure. Yes. And if it, if, if I didn't have that relationship with him, it might've been a struggle rather than knowing this is just how he communicates. Yes. So uh, these are good things because we had already had conversations Well, in some of those kids, we might be inclined to try to read into the amount of words that a child uses as a way of estimating the engagement we're having with them. So we may think someone who uses a lot of words is thinking and tracking and somebody who doesn't use a lot of words is not paying attention or is not getting it. And in fact, sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes those talkers are so concerned about what they have to say that their ears are not working if their mouth is. And And that's why kids can be deep. I'm just going to say when my wife says, wait, what if blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, stop, break, 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 because there's wisdom here. Someone's been watching and thinking and she spoke up. Don't miss it. I'm sure there's a lot of proverbs that we could dig into around the number of foolish words that we use. That's another podcast. That's true. Uh, Well, I encourage everybody to just have those craft sticks and, and try it. Just have the big question of the day. It's going to segue into the lesson, but it gives you a, a group time experience where everyone gets to be heard. Great, great ideas. And so as you do that, do you, how do you have a, first of all, do you have a big stick for yourself? The Mr. Mark stick is this giant Moses-like staff. (laughs) Speak softly, carry the big stick. (laughs) No, but whenever I, whenever I did, uh, when I did assign seating on the group time rug, I, I did actually say, this is where Mr. Mark sits. And these are the things he uses when we do our lesson. And so let's find out where everybody else sits. So that works. So you've mentioned in passing, as we've talked, you've mentioned the tap on the shoulder 
as one technique, right? If Lily's going on and she's sitting next to you, you're not strangling her, right? But you, but you can give her that, just that little tap on the shoulder that calls attention that Lily, we need to, we need to settle down a little. You know, a lot, a lot of direction that we give children, like putting your finger over your mouth, like, um, we, they don't have to have any verbal, they're nonverbal communication Mm -hmm. pointing wherever they're like, I need a tissue, you know, just point. You, you, you can give a lot of direction and you don't have to add more words. Mm. So why is it, why is it so important that we be intentional about controlling the amount of talk in our classroom, whether it's too much or too little and the volume and the volume really be careful. And sometimes the way that we lead our class is that uh, it's by procedures and the way that we're going to do these things. And so I've had to remind the boys and girls because it's a brand new year and I've only had them for, gosh, it's only been two or three weeks. But even last Sunday, I, I had to say, boys and girls, look at Mr. Mark. It's too loud. Everybody needs to talk quieter because we're all working on stuff. So let's talk quieter. And I said, if you understand, nod your head. Yes. Give me a thumbs up. And they did. And then I said, good, let's go back to work. And, but it just, it translates to them, the expectations of the teacher and they're new to it. Um, if somebody, someone was yelling across the room, teacher, teacher. Right. And, and I said, wait a second. And I got everybody's attention. Boys and girls look at Mr. Mark. It looks like Andrew wants my attention. So I haven't told you what to do if you want my attention. So watch Andrew come over here and tap me on the shoulder. And when I look at you, you can tell me what you want, but you can't yell across the room. So come try it out. Let everybody see how we do this. And you're just teaching a procedure, the way to do it. But but we need to start with that right away, because I think what happens for some of us is we don't do that right out of the gate. And then we realize two or three weeks in that we're at, we've lost control and then getting it back is way harder than just establishing it in the first place. Isn't it much harder? I even remind the children, no, my name's not teacher. Do you remember my name? I told you the first day and they said, Mr. Mark. And I said, yes. And so you can call me Mr. Mark. And so they, they do, but we've had to remind and practice that it works out. If we, if we met together every day, like yes. in school like in or school. something, we would figure that out quicker. Yeah. But since we have to practice these every, uh, every seven days, and that's if they're a regular attender, they're there every week mm-hmm. and many are not. So we have to show a lot of patience. You're, you're training the, the environment of the classroom. Yeah. And, but so important that in order for us to be heard and for kids to know that they feel safe, right? They right. need to feel emotionally safe. Yes. They need to know that they do have a voice mm-hmm. and know what the rules are and not be dominated or dominate. So yeah. Mark, I just, building, every time I get to talk to you, yeah, that's the bottom line, building relationships. That's what the Lord uses. So we want to do that. Yeah. And those relationships are with us as the leader or whoever that leader is with one another as, uh, as children, it's so having friendships at church is so important for kids to mm-hmm. feel that they belong and that they have, uh, there's right. someone else that, that's acceptance. looking for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Acceptance and, 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 uh, identity within that group. Mm-hmm. So important with you as a leader, with each other, with our church and with the Lord, those relationships are all so very important. Mm-hmm. 
And we need to be intentional. So how do you train this into your teacher, your other leaders? Okay. So before we even started the new year, I took my cup of sticks. I took them in there. I, I, really role played the whole thing and the entire group time, yeah. how I would organize my with group your adult leaders yeah, and how I would lead it. My adult, yeah. uh-huh, my, my, my teachers. And, uh, and then I gave them all a bundle of sticks and their roles. And, uh, they, all, all I've heard is this is the greatest thing. I wish I had known this sooner. And I was thinking, Oh, I wish I had told you this sooner. <laughs> Because I've practiced it for a long time. Well, you have a lot of wisdom and I, we always love talking with you and having you on. So thank you for being here today. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing your heart with us. We need to have you back more often. So we're, uh, we <laughs> will sure. do that. We have so much more to talk about and we'll try to keep this bite size I, for podcast go. episodes and things like that. It's so much more. It's so important for us, I should say, for us to serve up nuggets, not turkeys, right? Yeah. We can make the whole Thanksgiving feast and try to give it all to everybody, but we do way better. I do way better if we can keep these little things bite-sized. So thank Take you. Take away do it. That's right. So let's every listeners, thank you for listening. Hey, listen, we want to encourage you to be intentional about communication in your classrooms and how you can make it a safe and comfortable place for all of your kids, but also for your leaders, because this will benefit them as well so that they don't feel like they are out of control and overwhelmed. Set them up for success by, by figuring out how you can apply that Goldilocks principle to the way that kids talk in your classrooms. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back again again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Get equipped and re-energized for a new season of ministry at the Etch Family Ministry Conference. Bring your whole team, no matter where you are, and experience the Etch Conference live via simulcast. Register today at etchconference.com.